Greetings and welcome to the Courageous Path podcast. I'm Rachel Horton White, and you can find this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes where you can subscribe or follow there. You can also learn more about me at soulfulworkconsulting.com. I am delighted today to share an interview with Katherine Krauss, who founded Lotus Family Practice. This interview is called Connection and Community, the Future of Modern Healthcare. Dr. Katherine Krauss is a board-certified family physician. She was born and raised in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and then headed to Philadelphia for college and medical school. At Temple University, she received her bachelor's degree in world religion. She received her medical degree from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. At this point, she needed a break from city life and was drawn to Maine for family medicine residency, graduating in June 2014. Her experience studying both the humanities as well as medical science helped to shape her perspective of, of medicine and her practice. Every person is unique in their experience and thus requires a unique path to health and healing. Dr. Krauss is committed to providing the tools and support that allow patients to heal on many levels. In addition, yoga is an important part in Dr. Krauss's life and medical practice. She has received her 200-hour yoga teacher certification through Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy. Her classes are a mix of guided meditation, hatha, holding postures, and vinyasa flowing through postures with the intention to create space in order to listen to the wisdom all our bodies possess. Hope you enjoy this interview with Catherine. Good afternoon, Catherine. Hi. It's great to talk with you. You too. Thank you for making time to do this. I'm sure you're busy, <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Um, so I'm here talking with you at Lotus Family Practice, which is a practice that you started several years ago, right? Actually, less than two years ago. Less than two years? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that is amazing. That's, and I've heard about you from several different people. Um, and when I hear things, you know, a couple times, it's like, I need, I need to go talk to this person and see what, hear about what she's doing. So, um, what made you want to start this? Well, (laughs) uh, in, in residency, uh, I had an idea about, uh, expanding the idea of primary care and, uh, individual health to include more of, um, more of a community type um, mm. approach. So we're um, so um, so someone's health isn't only about their own individual mm-hmm. uh, well-being, but about their community and their environment. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to create a practice that helped reflect that. Um, and part of that was including uh, group activities that brought people together, um, either through exercise with yoga or tai chi or with um, workshops around nutrition or um, environment um, the role of the environment or um, eventually like um, like different all different types of support groups or um, all different kinds of stuff Um, I just had no idea how to make it work from a financial standpoint Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to a conference and learned about direct primary care and realized it was a way to um, to make my vision in, into reality and not have to be work under the constraints of uh, mm-hmm. a third party payer system. What, so can you describe what direct primary care is? 
Direct Primary Care yeah. is a model, um, a business model that takes out the middleman in as many ways possible. So uh, we take out, um, we don't bill insurance, um, and we just charge a flat monthly fee that's usually very affordable. Mm. Mine are $60 a month for adults and 20 for kids. Mm. Um, and then that includes any primary care that, that can be done here. Mm. Uh, and then I also have a network um, network rate for labs, which are 80 to 90% discounted from the typical hospital price, as well as uh, wholesale rates on medications, um, which can often be 80 to 90% off discounted from the pharmacy. Um, yeah. So you're uh, you're getting you're getting access um, and paying directly for it, but and for at a much more reasonable rate than what you would normally mm. pay, um, and I because my my focus and my passion is really about prevention um, and wellness. I include yoga classes in that, um, as well as workshops, and um, and I have a small herbal pharmacy that I make teas and tinctures and stuff from. Do you do how much of that do you do yourself? The do you, like, do you teach the yoga classes, oh. or do you do make the herbs yourself? Do you do any of those things yourself? Uh, I make I make all the tinctures and salves myself because I enjoy doing it. Um, mm. Right now, I'm not teaching yoga. I am certified to teach yoga. I just haven't added it to my plate yeah, yet. But I'm sure, you're busy. <laughs> but I'm actually planning a, a a series right now that I'm going to add. On. But it's mostly other people that teach the classes. So we have a variety of different types of classes, but most of them are geared towards. Um, people who have never done yoga or have no experience. Mm, so it's a way for people to um, to get into it without having to um, go into a yoga studio and feel intimidated or, you know, whatever. No barrier. Do you um, have meditation classes or anything mm -hmm. like mindfulness? Yep. Yeah, Medi yoga Nidra, which is a meditation class. Mm. Do people take advantage of that? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. hard to get people out and committed to a new routine, but... Um, but I like it because I can, when I see patients individually, I can tell them specifically why a certain class is going to be beneficial for them um, mm -hmm. uniquely. And mm -hmm. I think it really helps prompt mm -hmm. them to, to try it out. And they don't have to, you don't have to give them some address of somewhere else that they don't know, and they can just come right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this reminds me of, um, in my former job, there was this concept called the behavioral health home, which was getting different providers to all kind of work together. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, what I, in the healthcare system especially, I think it's like you go to a specialist for this and then you get referred to that person for that. And then, oh yeah, meditation would be good for you. And I don't know where the class is, but maybe there's one there. And you can do and so people, they have to go to like all these different places and tell their story over and over again. And, and then maybe they didn't even go to them half the time because they don't feel comfortable. But it sounds like you, that, you created that here, all of these things in one place. Is that part of your vision originally to kind of combat that problem? Yes. Uh, I am slowly, I have some extra rooms that I sublet to different types of practitioners too. So I'm hoping to get all different types of healers in here and be able to all collaborate um, loosely in a way that's, you know, we still have our independent practices, but we can 
um, really easy, easily um, work together and learn from each other and treat people together. Your website so people can find you. Uh, it's www.lotusfamilypractice.com. Okay, and if they mm -hmm. want to get in touch with you, they can just. What's the best way for them to kind of learn about what you do? Well, the uh, uh, website has a ton of awesome information, mm -hmm. but I also schedule meet and greets if someone wants to come in and meet me personally and ask questions and tour the practice. Because it's so different, I think um, it takes a little bit of time for people to wrap their head around it. Even though it's a very simple model, it's just, I think it's it throws people off because it's so simple compared to the complexity yeah. And, yeah. and the convoluted system that we right. currently have. Well, it was beautiful is that it doesn't need to be that convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> and you've figured out a way to present it in this way that doesn't. Um, has it been challenging <laughs> to do this, <laughs> to make it happen? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> so how did you work through those challenges? I mean, you're still doing it, you know, and you seem so positive about it and uh, inspiring. And I'm inspired by listening to you talk. Oh. So what is it? How do you keep going? <laughs> uh, I think in the beginning I was, I was so inspired and energetic that I just, I, that kind of, it just, uh, kept me going for for a long time, and now that I'm I'm kind of in the thick of it, it's it's getting a little it <laughs> hard and long and tiring. And everybody says you know two to three years before you know you can really be on your feet in a new business. And um, I knew that intellectually, but to actually be going through it, it gets it gets really hard. Yeah. I know. I'm and the first year of my business too. <laughs> yes. And the uncertainty and how new, you know, new things that you don't expect pop up, and it's just I don't know. Mm -hmm. I guess um, um, I don't know if there's any one thing that it's just little by little keep working through it, and every day just dealing with things as they come up, and yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's the other doctors in the area doing a similar model. Mm. Um, are all very supportive and we can talk to each other and um, mm. confide in each other. It's, that's helpful to mm -hmm. know that there's other people having the same, yes. similar struggles. And yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I asked you that too because I think I know of a lot of people who want to go into healthcare, into like the healing profession, but they, I hear this left and right clients who say, I don't, but I don't want to deal with healthcare industry like mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with the insurance you know piece of it or the administration um so do you do you feel like there's other avenues that they they could explore I mean you figure something out but do you have any <laughs> suggestions for somebody that would want to that wants to help heal people but doesn't want to deal with all the other stuff uh you mean like um like, like alternatives yeah alternatives or, to maybe the traditional you know if they don't want to work in a hospital be a nurse or don't want to be a doctor or you know oh there's so many ways yeah to help people um I mean I have I have one I have a friend who was thinking about medical school and uh, he he already owns a gym and runs all kinds of awesome workshops for people and um, 
works essentially as a health coach for people and is really good at it. Yeah. And I think he, he was just hoping to, um, have some more, be able to make more of an impact. Like yeah. if he went to medical school and went through that track, he could have more of an impact. But I, I kind of saw what he was doing. He was already helping people. Right. He was already doing what I wish I, I, most primary care doctors wish they had more time to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, all the burdens that come along with, um, that route mm -hmm. creates a lot of barriers to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So he ended up just deciding to stay put and just keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> I love that you just um, gave that example <laughs> because health coach, because I, you know, I am a type of coach, um, more about life and fulfillment and spirituality, but, um, there, I feel like the coaching fields in any area, health or business or financial is booming. And I think for a reason, mm -hmm. and you know, when I, my personal perspective is that additional schooling is not always needed. And I think it's like the ego part of ourselves that thinks, oh, I have to get more credibility and have that degree yeah. and those letters after my name. But it's, do you, I mean, do you feel like, have you seen, you sounds like you have seen people who've done it without having an MD or a DO or, you know, oh, yeah, definitely. years especially, of schooling and debt. <laughs> yeah. And especially because the, our health um, risks right now have changed from being, you know, like getting injured, working on the farm or coming down with TB or something really acute and being able in which modern medicine works really great for. Mm -hmm. But now what we're seeing is, um, chronic disease from, um, a whole chain, a change in our whole industry, our whole cultural culture and lifestyle and, um, social isolation. I think that's a huge yeah. piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and medical school doesn't really adequately have, it doesn't give us great tools to address all those things. Um, so there's so many other ways to address those things that are simple and, um, and as long as you're creative and innovative and your heart's in the right place, um, there's so many ways. Like I, I, I'm also one of the, one of the things I'm, I think about all the time too, that I think if I went a different route, I might do, but I love the idea of, um, these new, um, for elderly people, um, providing like, a shared living space mm -hmm. where they have a little bit of help but not more than they need, mm -hmm. but it's basically so that they can live with other people and, and have a community again yes. and not just be isolated in their homes all the mm -hmm. time. Um, in a way that that's cost effective because right now, I mean, nursing homes are yeah. expensive yeah, and, and not right. a elderly. I mean, there's so many elderly patients that are people that, um, that, that don't need that, but they need something. Mm -hmm. They, they need, um, need a little bit of assistance and a lot of, like warmth. Mm -hmm. So anybody community. listening, that's a great business idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and if, yeah, I, I know that there are some regulations and there's a whole, you know, there's the, the, um, regulatory piece of that, but that, that can all be worked out. Yeah. And, My um, own grandfather was living, was basically isolated socially. He was, when that girl was alive and he was, his health was deteriorating and then she died, you know, sadly, but now he lives here in assisted living and it's with mm -hmm. the community people and his health, he's healthier than he's been in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, we all believe that it's because he's has people to talk to mm -hmm. and he's not 
you know, alone. Yeah. So I definitely, I think it's, I, was, I thought you were going to say something about um, stress, like work-related stress or oh, sedentary yeah. lifestyle too, but yeah. that probably contributes to chronic disease. Oh yeah. I imagine. Yeah. yeah stress is, um, oh, it's probably like the number one killer right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's everyone's stressed out about something. Yeah. Well, I have no, I mean, I, um, I know that we're talking after a pivotal election, you know, which have caused, has caused a lot of stress for people from that <laughs> presidential election. Um, but I also believe that, and you may, I'm not sure how you feel about this or think about this, but that we're experiencing this whole shift in consciousness that people are awakening to the new ways of being in their lives and new ways of operating. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm wondering, do you see that at all in your practice? You see people kind of opening to, you know, saying, I don't really want to do it this way anymore in my life. And I want to, I want to be happier. And I finally, I'm going to allow myself the chance to do that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I just saw a new patient last week who, that was his exact story. Mm -hmm. I did this for six years. The money was great. I was able to provide for um, my like extended family who really needed it, mm -hmm. but it was, it was burning me out and I just had a whole, whole change of heart and totally change up this life to mm -hmm. do something that was more directly um, closer to his heart mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and better for his health and his spirit. Yeah. Um, which can be really, really scary mm -hmm. <laughs> in a different kind of stress, putting mm -hmm. yourself out there and going against the grain or going outside of the, your, your bubble, your comfort zone. But it's a different kind of stress. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good stress, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different. different though. It's like more of a like a more purposeful yeah. stress. Yeah, that slowly gets better. Right. Yeah, and I think I, mean, I imagine that you do that as well. I mean, anybody who's coming here, I imagine that it's partly because they are not happy with the healthcare system that they had been existing in. <laughs> Do you, yeah. I mean, do you see, are there any reasons that you hear from people about, or, the, or I guess um, common reasons that you hear about why people choose to do this direct primary care model as opposed to what they, maybe they were doing before? Um, a lot of it is because, I would say the primary reason is because they felt like they weren't being heard in the typical model. And I think that's a mm. consequence of the system, not any individual person. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's a very common theme, um, that you know, they go in there for five minutes, someone that doesn't really know them, they don't really spend any, they don't, they're not really listening cause they're stressed out and need to like get, you know, move them through. Mm -hmm. And there's so much you can, uh, you can learn if you just have the time mm -hmm. to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. it's not set up for that. Right. Well, I, uh. I mean, I'm just, it's so amazing what you're doing. It really is. I mean, it's like, it takes a lot of courage to do that. Thanks. So, um, you know, I, I am in a similar field where I ventured out into something <laughs> different and it can be like our own internal battle as entrepreneurs a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm wondering, do you have any... Um, like advice that you want to give people, you know, in, te in, in terms of how they can improve not only their health, um, but their overall, you know, well-being in life and kind of in the sense of taking back control of their own health, which is I know what you advocate as well. But 
you know, if somebody was thinking about joining even Lotus Family Practice or a direct primary care model, but they were scared about it or they didn't, you know, they just weren't sure financially or they're just, you know, stick with what they know, even though they're not happy with it. <laughs> Anything, any advice you might give? Uh, probably the most meaningful advice that I've ever learned as far as wanting to make changes in your life um, is understanding how the brain works and how um, routine change happens. So our, we develop these routines and these learned behaviors and learned thoughts and these stories that we tell each other, we tell ourselves over and over again. Um, and they, they are ingrained in our body, in our mind. That's not something you can just flip a switch and mm -hmm. move away from. Um, you have to pick something, one thing at a time, focus on that, make a conscious change, whether it's um, uh, the time you going to bed at half an hour earlier or adding a cup of water in the morning. Whatever you do, um, make it easy and focus on just that until that becomes your habit, that becomes your routine, mm -hmm. and then you move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So you're you're working and, and be compassionate with yourself. It doesn't matter if you just if you miss a day mm -hmm. or if you backtrack. It just matters that you come back to it and keep coming back to it. Like if you were trying to learn how to write with your non-dominant hand, you wouldn't expect to learn it overnight. You right. gotta. It takes <laughs> consistent practice. Yeah, and you don't practice something if you if it's hard. <laughs> right, right. It's got to be something easy. So you pick something easy that you can start to incorporate. Practice day to day to day, and then and then build on that. Yeah. Rather than trying to uproot your entire life and. Um, do everything at once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not all or nothing. And it's, it's really, really hard. It's really hard. So Make anytime, yeah. so anytime <laughs> you, you do, you are successful in a new habit. Um, give yourself credit for that. No mm. matter how small. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I talk to people a lot about meditation or I even call it just quieting the mind. Cause I think people have this loaded term, the word association meditation and, what I, my mission is to kind of break it down. Like you don't have to meditate for half hour every single day. <laughs> like I think people get that pressure mm -hmm. and so they don't start, but it's like, maybe it's just two minutes twice a week. Just start with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Kind of like you said, with yeah. the, I like, I love the concept of just one thing, which might be, I wake up a half hour earlier so I can quiet my mind for two minutes, <laughs> even if it ends up, being, ends up being longer than that. But that's really, really awesome. Yeah, so you're you're retraining your brain. You're learning new habits, which takes a lot of time and effort. Mm -hmm. um, Can and take then it, weeks, months, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But once it's there, that's like then then you don't have to think about it. It's it's effortless, right? You just you just do it, yeah. and you just keep building on that, right? Like you brush your teeth twice a day, or maybe more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for oh, yeah. talking with me. I'm just so, um, like I said before, inspired by what you're doing. And I hope whoever's listening <laughs> should come check it out. It's a pretty amazing place. I came, I talked to Catherine. She spent so much time with me, and I was just amazed. I, th I believe this is the future of, like, healthcare. So you're on the cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I do, too. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed this interview. For more information about me, you can visit www.soulfulworkconsulting.com. And I'm Rachel Horton-White. Thanks so much for listening.